Hello everyone. Welcome to Ethereal Odyssey. If you hear some massive nature calls or birds in the background, it's I'm just on my porch enjoying what little sun there is out right now. Um, it's been such a heavy, heavy day. Um, and I've heard this theory that you know, in quarantine, there have been, you know, people usually have a few good days and then uh, one or two days that really wane and really just feel deeply uh, sorrowful and griefful. And it's, I think that there's so much truth in that. And as a psychic or intuitive or even just a human being, I feel as though um, I sense that and it's hard to run away from. Um, you can't just love and light it away. It's just something you need to breathe with and sit with and the contractions are not forever. Um, yeah, so grounding more than ever has been... Something that I've been having to go back to um, more, I would say, at least two or three times more than I usually would. Um, I think that's because there's a lot of evolving right now, a lot of shifting. Um, for those of you that know me or have been following my podcast, I'm about to make a huge transitional physical move from um, Ohio to Colorado within a few weeks in the middle of a quarantine and it has been exciting yes scary it's been um, a great well of hope something to look forward to in this crisis but also something I most feel like ashamed of sharing um, because everybody is trying to adapt and find uh, I don't even want to call it a norm because this is not normal whatsoever but just something to hold on to and cope and just to identify with so they're not thinking they're so isolated and I found that um there are many different kinds of people that will have advice or two cents or whatever about what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. Uh, you know, do all this, but don't do too much. You know, rest, rest and relax, but also eat only eat healthy foods, but only if they're accessible. But make sure you don't go out to get them. Uh, but don't take advantage, you know, and there's so many conflicting, like, ideas about what we should and shouldn't be doing right now and I am ready for this this judgment over what we should and shouldn't do to be over or at least not as loudly broadcasted on social media um so Part of me is on social media a lot more, but also I've been having to, like, 
take breaks from social media and leave my phone in a completely different room um, and just sort of like isolate myself from uh, this sort of hold that I, I think these expectations have over me. Um, and it's funny because really I didn't realize how much Um, I was looking for other people to put a value on me until this Taurus new moon. Um, and Taurus rules over the second house in astrology, in Western astrology. And, uh, my son and Mercury live in that second house. Um, it's in Aquarius, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, so... The house of value and possessions, the things that really make me feel uh, valuable and safe in um, like I can be myself and I can communicate freely is, you know, this these like Aquarian type of themes. So this, you know, revolutionary truth, this totally uniqueness, this... Um, I don't know how to explain this sort of like alien beauty and like forcing myself into these, uh, genuine truths about myself. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking of the, the musical Moulin Rouge, uh, where they're like truth, beauty, love, and freedom or something like that. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so you know, those sort of things are popping up for me, um, right now. So before I get too far into it, I'll briefly go over, uh, Taurus and what I think this whole idea is about right now. So Taurus is a fixed earth. Um, I believe Venus rules over Taurus. So the plan of sensuality and abundance and just really connecting, with the physical realm in a sense of um, diving deep into all of your senses. What makes you feel uh, lighted up? What makes you feel warm and comfortable? What makes you feel refreshed? Um, All about these these deeply spiritual uh, experiences in in this realm um, that we're almost conditioned to feel a certain way and let me pause for a second and say yes I am very privileged to be talking not only on a platform but to be talking about anything at all freedom of speech and to be able to have these sort of experiences um and have some education to be able to um continue this dialogue um I don't by any means want to feel like I'm the end-all be-all, but I do feel as though I have something to contribute to the conversation. I just don't want anybody to think that I am, um, I'm not the end. I'm merely just a stepping stone in the journey. So please... Uh, expand to more than just me and my um, 
my odyssey, but keep going to your own and to whoever else that you uh, resonate with. So all of this occurring in the new moon or the dark moon phase, the energy of almost a clean slate um, a space to really manifest our abundance. Um, and one of the examples of this is, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere right now, um, nature is returning to spring. Uh, we just passed Ostara. Um, so you're seeing a lot of uh, nature coming back to life. You're seeing things coming above ground. Um, you're seeing uh, flowers starting to bloom or grow or sprout. And I love this idea of coming back from the underworld. Um, and sort of like this visual that um, all of the things that we've been sort of cultivating and sitting on and like simmering on the back burner are finally to just starting to become in motion and um I love it it's beautiful um an animal that has been coming up for me in a you know signs that uh things are going right have been rabbits I love rabbits they have been such a great little reminder that I'm where I'm supposed to be right now um so I've been seeing them you know, in signs, but there has been, uh, this spring especially, there's a small little rabbit family that, uh, took hold in our, like the tree line in our backyard. And I get so much joy out of just staring at the window at them and how beautiful they are. And just know that they have to be such a, like a, a Taurus type of creature to, wear this beautiful, uh, comfortable, luxurious fur around, um, but also wanting to return home and to take care of their loved ones and make sure that they have what they need. And they are, they keep working. Um, they don't rest and wait for, you know, things to come to them. They go, um, they're steadfast, they're relentless. Um, I looked a little bit into the mythology of rabbits, and it's funny because I see a lot of differing views between um, rabbits seem as, you know, like tricksterish uh, because they can get away from prey here and there uh, because they're so fast. Or, you know, you see like these cartoons like Bugs Bunny, how he's like always trying to trick his way out of things or be on the kind of upper hand. Um, I don't really think it's much a, like a devious type of uh, slyness. I think of it's more of like a, if you can't make fun of the world, then what are we here for type of thing. Um, but I came across this, um, these couple ideas that um, in Greek and uh, Roman uh, tombs, there have been carvings of rabbits, um, especially eating grapes or figs, uh, symbolizing the cycle of life, death, and rebirth, uh, this like universal transformation. Um, and I love that. Um, another great 
um, sort of like like myth would be that some Celtic tribes wouldn't eat rabbits or hares. They were almost seen like taboo foods, um, especially in Ireland, because it was like eating a hare was like eating your own grandmother uh, because of the... Um, the supernatural idea that uh, wise women could shapeshift in the moonlight to become rabbits um, to either uh, travel or hide or um, whatever they needed to do. And I kind of love this, that um, rabbits are so diverse in all of these different tales. Um and one that really stood out to me was that rabbits burrowed underground in order to better communicate with the spirit world and the underworld. Um, and that they could carry messages from the living to the dead um, and from humankind to the fairies. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was really fascinating. You know, you get this, this sort of communication that... Um, rabbits have and hold to you almost have to be still to observe them any sudden movements um, can seem very jarring or threatening to them you almost have to have that fixed earth um, attitude to be able to um, witness the magic of uh, rabbits and this idea that they can go underground to the spiritual realm. Makes so much sense. Um, it, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I feel as though there have been a lot of. Um, I feel like I have been writing a letter to spirit for a long time sort of like letting it stew in my mind of what do I really want to say? What do I really want to let go of? What, what, um, what ideas do I really want to, um, express to them? And I feel like I've been spending months and months in this opportunity for these rabbits to, uh, sort of become aware while I'm in this fixed earth makes me feel as though even though I feel like I can't um, quote-unquote go anywhere or make these massive um, energetic uh, spiritual moves, they can be my sort of conduit um, to be able to sort of like carry on this information for me. Uh, whether I'm here or not. Um, yeah. So this, this move is going to be really interesting um, because it's happening within the year that my Saturn returns. So I mean by that is my Saturn returned uh, unofficially in March, meaning it returned to my zodiac sign, but it didn't go to my exact degree. It won't go back to the exact degree until next March. Um, it's sort of in that like uh, reversal period, if you will. Um, I'm terrible about <laughs> explaining that, but 
Um, just follow that Saturn over this next year is going to be hugely uh, transformational for me when it comes to uh, rediscovering what are my what are my limits? What structures that had served me for the last 28 years no longer serve me now? Um, and how can I uh, be a sort of parent to myself and um, reinforce my own safety and boundaries um, and take myself seriously? Um, yeah. And I feel like that's that's this big lead up. Um, it's it's an interesting idea for sure. So if you are also not aware that um, the sun becomes conjunct with Uranus, um, meaning that they're in a close uh, degree, and then they're also squaring Saturn, so. With this, it's like when we as individuals come in contact with the tower moment, um, they cause us to confront truths um, about ourselves that we may be choosing to avoid or just don't see um, consciously. But when all of this happens, as our structures and our stabilities come falling, we get a massive recipe for like a tower and a death moment. Um, so I feel like that's why there is a lot of this deep transformational, um, power going on. Um, it's interesting that it almost feels like a scorpionic type of, uh, feeling. This deeply moving while in a fixed earth. It's like, uh... It's almost like uh, you were so completely, like, dizzy or drunk. Or, like, if you've ever played the game where you put your forehead on a, on a baseball bat and you spin around it um, as many times as you can until you fall over. The earth is not moving and your body is not moving, but your mind cannot stop. And I feel like that is exactly what's happening right now is the world is slowing down. Um, at least from my perspective, um, thank you everybody else who is an essential worker and able to put their life on the line to help um, people get the things that they need um, and stuff like that. I want, I don't want to take that for granted. I'm so incredibly thankful for that. Um, but I feel as though there's so many of these expectations that we need to keep going. And if we're not 100% productive, we're not 100% moving earth, then we are not doing anything. We are not enough and we are enough. Um, our productivity just needs to um, needs to be cultivated towards the individual, if you will. Um, like for an example, I heard this, um, you know, oh, if you're not doing anything, then, you know, you're totally taking advantage of this. And if you're not being productive and you're not doing anything while you're at home or like sweating, working out, then like, uh, 
then you're just like lazy. No, if I'm not, you know, sweating or moving does not mean I'm not like, does not mean I'm being lazy at all. It means I'm slowing down. It means that I'm breathing. It means that I'm taking time to appreciate myself and to appreciate the feeling of taking a shower, of combing my hair, of putting moisturizer on my skin, of feeling the breeze, of listening to my heartbeat. I'm being very productive inside of my spirituality. Um, Just because I can't quantify that for the masses in social media does not mean that it's not happening. Um, It means that (laughs) you don't understand. Uh, Sorry, I feel like this episode is really heavy and I'm going to try my best not to like cry, but you know... I'm open to anything right now. So, uh, I was listening to this great um, live from uh, Mal from the Horoscope Witch and then Heather from um, Intuitive. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on the name. Heather, please don't be upset. Uh, but she does uh, Ayurveda, Ayurveda practices. I'm totally messing this up. I'm so sorry, Heather. Um, but I, they've been doing lives, um, basically going off of the different topics about intuition um, every Friday for the last um, several weeks. And uh, I've not always been able to tune in, but these last couple episodes, I've been fortunate enough to be able to tune in. Um, and today, I was able to watch the whole thing. Um, and they had talked about different ways to help the body ground, um, and that was cooking and baking and connecting with the food, um, and I've found this subject to be coming up so much lately, like connecting with the food and using food as, uh, magic, because food is inherently magic, um, Food is the most grounded you can possibly uh, get in your everyday routine, I have felt. Um, I have a hard time, you know, sitting in front of an altar or, um, you know, just sitting still outside because I feel like if I'm not, you know, singing to a song or moving my body or... Um, you know, moving my magic wand slash spatula slash spoon to move this nourishment that has come to life to be able to be sacrificed and to be transmuted into this higher uh, energy just for me, just so that I could uh, taste it and live it and breathe it and feel it. Um, And to become an individual is the most amazing physical magic that you can witness. Um, Yeah, but they were talking about how, you know, cooking and grounding is a great way to 
um, to be able to ground yourself and connect. Uh, and I totally agreed and was laughing at the same time. Um, and there was, uh, a different podcast that was, had a, um, kitchen witch on slash chef and they were literally talking about the same exact thing. And I found so much solace in my food and, I've noticed that, like, at the beginning of quarantine, I was just so worried about not having enough food and uh, having to, like, starve myself and, you know, having to find a different sort of, like, cooking routine and feeling guilty for eating more than I should or feeling guilty that I'm having sweets and not working out like I had been. And just all of this shame and guilt and um, anxiety just building up around food when I feel like this new moon has really shifted into a place where, well, if I'm feeling so much guilt around the food, why don't I just spend a little bit more time with it? Why don't I use whatever I have to try to create something um, that I could enjoy. And I feel like half the fun of experiencing food is being able to connect with it, um, in this sort of like gratitude sense and in this physical sense, you know, uh, speaking of gratitude, um, I also noticed on the calendar that, uh, Ramadan started the day of the new moon, um, the ninth month of the Muslim year, which is nine in the Arcana, is the Hermit card. And I feel like this is extremely um, relevant to what I'm experiencing right now, having to um, sort of spiritually search on my own. And the Star of David, which somebody else had mentioned the... The actual name of uh, has has kept coming up for me, and it's it's another sign. It's another sign that I need to not only be grounding to this world, but also be connecting with spirit. And I can't have one or then the other um, because it will not leave me as balanced. Um, so as for as for Ramadan, um, there's fasting from sunrise to sundown, um, having additional time for prayer and reading for the Quran. So you see this, um, this reoccurring theme of, um, this sort of appreciation around the food when you do have it. And, um, I had chatted with one of my Muslim friends, you know, about what does Ramadan mean for them specifically and how are they, um, you know, able to connect with it. And they were talking about how, um, yes, it is all of those things I had just mentioned, but the most, um, the most important or exciting things was being able to eat meals um, with their families, um, the very few meals that they do get. Um, and right now that is really hard for them um, because they 
they sort of have to, um, like, spend them separately through this quarantine and this whole connection through um, mealtime and these sacred moments are not something that they are able to have right now. And I know that there's probably other ways that they are able to connect um, with their families via phone calls or whatever, but um, this is me spending, sending um, some love and support for those families um, who are not able to spend Ramadan with their um, loved ones. Um, and yeah, any other extra nourishment that I'm able to have, I'd like to send it energetically to you and your families, um, so that you can feel connected to everyone as a whole. Um, so yes, um, I felt like I'm trying to figure out where I was going with this. Um, so I, I sort of understood that this this Ramadan is spent as a sort of spiritual realignment. Um, what do we value? What or whom is important to us? Um, and I feel like this calls us to have patience and trust with spirit uh, when we cannot see the outcome uh, we have to still hold faith that um, they are working in spirit time um, and that things will unfold the way that they are supposed to. Now, I do want to talk about an, <laughs> an interesting little like movie, which is hilarious. Um, it is a Disney uh, Channel original movie called My Sis- Stepsister from Planet Weird. Um, I'm not sure if you would have seen it or not. Um, if you're a 90s baby like me, you might have seen it. Um, or if you have Disney Plus, it's available on there. I've recently re-watched it getting on this whole Disney Plus binge. Um, because I've been finding, um, needing to comfort myself excessively. So connecting with food or watching nostalgic movies, um, things of that sort. And this was, you know, one of those. And I felt like it was so suitable for what is happening right now. Um, so brief synopsis is that, uh, Megan Larson is this, um, girl who just wants to be popular, just wants to fit in, um, just wants to work hard and to, to get the things that she really wants. Um, but meanwhile, there is this, um, there's this other girl, Ariel Cola, who is unknowingly, uh, to the rest of the world an alien, um, running from, this sort of, uh, tyranny back on her home planet. Um, so her and her father, um, have been seeking, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking? <sighs> Refuge in, um, in earth. So, uh, long story short, uh, I know this is probably a spoiler or whatever, but, um, 
Megan and Ariel have, are forced to hang out with one another um, because of their parents uh, started dating um, and become engaged. Oh, sorry, my neighbor's car just went off. Don't worry, I'll wait. Okay. Um, yeah, basically they are forced to spend a lot of time with each other because of this engagement with their parents. And they hated each other at first. Um, Megan thought Ariel was completely, like, weird, and she was, she kept calling her, like, an alien from another planet, planet weird, uh, and how she's just there to get all the things that she wants, and, you know, she wants, she's trying to take her spot at popularity in this guy that she really likes, and everybody wants to dress like Ariel, um, because they think that she's so transformative and, you know, above the crowd and stuff like that. Um, and meanwhile, you see Ariel, who all she wants to do is be at home. All she wants to do is, all she wants to do is fit in. Um, all she wants to do is to have this, uh, relationship with her boyfriend back on her, uh, planet Zar... Colon, I think. <laughs> Anyways, so total, um, almost total opposites, you find this. And I feel like they're the perfect um, depiction of the Taurus and Aquarius uh, dynamic that is happening right now in the, um, the Saturn and Aquarius square. So not only do you have... Um, So not only do you have um, this sort of breaking of rules and this sort of, like, disruptment, um, but this also, like, trying to um, get along and, like, work together almost. You find this... Um, you find this, um, you know, Taurus Megan working really hard for so long, uh, for popularity, um, or to get whatever she wants. And then Ariel finding popularity comes so easy because she doesn't care about it. Um, it's not even what she wants at all. And then Ariel feeling like an alien in a strange world, being forced to relate with people who don't honor her own values. Um, so Megan feeling very, you know, She's very uh, menial in the things that she cares about. And Ariel is more we're, like wanting to live in this sort of like dream state. In this higher society, if you will. Um, and the things that like really matters to her. Um, and I, I found that sort of like Taurus and Aquarius uh, dynamic in my own life, you know this example of me and my older sister, you know, my older sister is a Taurus. She is a Taurus through and through. And I am an Aquarius, uh, through and through. And when we were younger on and off, we would get along. 
Um, we found a lot of friction between, you know, having a hard time relating to one another and our values and just feeling like we didn't have enough space um, to be able to grow into the sort of people that we wanted to. And it wasn't until we didn't live together, we sort of uh, were able to find ourselves in uh, become really close and we're really close to this day um, and the move is uh, really hard on her which I feel terrible about but all I can do is offer um, you know a phone call every day or a video chat or um, just for her to stay with me whenever she's able to um, but yeah beyond this point it's just so it's so interesting how this is uh, playing out right now uh, with the sun and the moon and Taurus um, opposing Saturn and Aquarius. Um, this, this dynamic, if you see um, this, what is, um, what do I find um, in myself and in my emotional state to be of comfort, to be of value, to make me feel safe and um and protected and like I matter um and but then again there's this whole radical pull down of um the universe being in this state of um these major walls being pushed down these major boundaries um being rearranged and this revolutionizing the way that we perceive uh, our routine and our limitations. Um, it's exciting to see how people have been resourceful these days. Um, making mess, sharing things, creating free, uh, free food or um, handouts to be able to help our community as a whole. Um, is so inspiring. I feel like there's been so much for all of the really hard and devastating things happening um, with the loss of life, with this devastation of um, society as we know it coming, um, coming down. We also have some really amazing things coming out of it. Um, people finding out that they can work from home. People finding out that uh, they're able to find time with their families and to slow down and be outside. And for all of those beautiful things that you are finding um, during these times, I'm so incredibly thankful for that. And I'm wondering if the reason I'm having a hard time with quarantine, it's also very great. It's blessing in disguise, don't get me wrong. But it's also been very emotionally difficult for me. Um, because when I am not feeling 100% of value and beautiful and um, sort of verbally validated um, by other people... I don't feel um, as worthy as I usually am. And 
Um, anytime somebody says that I'm not doing enough um, or not doing things right, it really makes me feel as though I'm not right. I, at my core, am a bad person. And that is something that I have been working through. Um, and especially in my dreams is that things are not valuable. Um, they do not mean, um, they're in all actuality do not define me. Um, other people's opinions do not define me. Um, I am slowly shedding guilt away from, you know, feeling out of control and feeling as though I don't matter. Um, I'm sort of grieving this old way of how I used to be and who I was um, in order to make room for this this huge space that uh, my higher self needs to be able to fill that vacuum um, and become much more effective and present um, and to be able to do the intuitive psychic work that I'm here to do. Well, if you have stuck with me through this whole thing, I totally give you kudos, <laughs> high fives, virtual hugs and kisses. Um, much appreciated. These episodes have been getting less about mythology and stories as it has been about my own emotional TED Talk and I'm appreciative of anybody who wants to listen to these. Thanks again. Um, stay safe and you are so, so loved. <laughs>